The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And the beat rolls on, ladies and germs. We made it through, I think, most of an evening without an array of freak injuries. I don't know if there were any on Tuesday night. There was an ejection, but that doesn't count. And we had mostly the same guys that were out that were out before. Yeah, I mean, Boston, I guess, was a little bit weird because there were some bodies missing, but it sounds like they're all pretty close to coming back. I think we did it, guys. Now, admittedly, there were only six games on Tuesday night, so getting through a six-gamer without half of your team going down is a, a much smaller deal than doing it on a normal size evening. But you know what? We take the tiny wins where we can get them. It was kind of a clunky night for basketball, really. Minnesota-Houston was kind of fun. Thunder-Celtics, that was kind of fun. There were like two out of the six games that were actually marginally compelling. But enough about all of that. Let's just dive on into things. Uh, this is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. This is a hoop ball presentation. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. You can follow Hoopball by going to hoop-ball.com. And now, honestly, it's too late for me to try to ram a fantasy pass down your throat. There's only two and a half weeks left in the regular season. You'd be paying for a whole month, and you only use it for a little over half the month. I'd love it if you did it. It'd be great. I think you'd, lo- you'd really enjoy it. You'd be able to get in there and ask us all questions in the Discord all day, every day, man. It's humming 24-7. Fantasy passes at hoop-ball.com. You click on the premium tab. Or maybe get yourself ready for some DFS in the postseason. Mike and Santino's division, those guys are running a hell of a division right now. But you can start with their free podcast. It's called NBA DFS Today. Just like Fantasy NBA Today. We made it real easy for you guys over here at HoopBall. That's, that's a free one. Go find those guys. DFS Today. That's the podcast. Look for the HoopBall logo so you know you got the right one. Get ready for that. For the postseason, you can get our DFS pass for a buck ninety-nine a month. Or, if you want to bet the postseason, you know damn well I'm going to be handicapping that joint. Wager pass is $0.33 cents a day. You get my stuff and you get eight other handicappers on top of it. As they just keep rolling up victories. I love it. You love it. Everybody loves it. Let's go get some of that stuff. Help power our locomotive here. Hoop-ball.com. Again, this is your Wednesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Thanks for bearing with me this week, guys. I know we've had uh, sort of weirdly early release times on these shows, so they don't always reflect the latest news of the late morning or midday. You know I like to put my show out just a tiny bit later in general during the fantasy playoffs to try to catch some of that injury stuff. But we've been without childcare this week, so I just I kind of got to get it done when I can. So, hopefully, it's been all right. But let's dive into the Tuesday card. I don't think it's going to take all that long. I, I feel like this might be the one time I say we're going to have a slightly shor- shorter show, and I'm not lying to you guys. Don't worry, I'll fill the excess time with advertising. Portland, blowout winners at Indiana, thanks to Anthony Simons knocking down nine three-pointers. All of his points coming on those nine three-pointers. 
He was just heat check blasting it from all over the place. 27, 4 and 4 with two steals. I mean, if you happen to have that dude in a lineup, more power to you. They they were a streaming option because Portland did just start a five game in seven night thing to, uh, yesterday on Tuesday in this ball game. And who knows? I mean, the other four games in that five and seven, Simons might total out to what he got in this first one. We talked a little bit about streaming Carmelo Anthony, and he was fine. 13 points on six shots. He was weirdly efficient in a lower minute total game. Lower usage, two boards, two assists, a steal, a three-pointer. You know, if you get that five times in seven days, that's not terrible. Think about that. If that's what you got, that'd be 65 points, 10 boards, 10 assists, five threes, five steals over a week. That's pretty good, actually. Yusuf Nurkic and his canter just annihilated the lack of Indiana front court. O'Shea Brissett continues to be kind of the only man standing. Jakar Sampson played 23 minutes, technically the starting center. Brissett technically the starting power forward. That team badly, badly misses their entire front court. Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, even Goga Batadze, they are all still out for the Pacers. And as a result, Indiana is going to have some trouble when they run up a team, run up against a team that has a little bit of size as Portland does. Rough start to a three-game week, too. If you're looking at it from the Roto versus head-to-head perspective, and Portland, there isn't a whole lot. You know, now that you got the five and seven games stretch going, you just sort of stuck with it for a week if you're streaming somebody there. If you're not, then it's the same old usual stuff. With Indy, it's a little bit more complicated. If you're in Roto, you're obviously continuing to use O'Shea Brissett until someone comes back. He's been great. He had 11 cash counters in this ball game. That's crazy. Two steals, five blocks, and four three-pointers. That's a Mondo game. But if you're streaming, which, who the, why would you be with Indiana three-game week? But if you are, and you've just been riding him because, really, he's been good enough where you could use him in a three-game week. If someone comes back, it, it has the potential to derail this thing pretty quick. But I think you just keep going with it for now. Don't worry about it until something makes you worry about it. Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, TJ McConnell, the other guys you can actually start. Everyone else belongs on the waiver wire, in regardless of format. Milwaukee beat Charlotte. They got off to a huge lead in this ballgame. Hornets cut it down, and the game ended right on the Vegas line. That was pretty good. Bucks were favored by 9.5, so they did cover by a hook. Giannis, big ball game. Brooke Lopez, solid. He just sort of quietly plotted his way back to an okay fantasy season. He wasn't the Brook Lopez we've had the last couple of years. There have been other frontcourt people in Milwaukee, but he's been, again, freakishly durable. He's number 60 by totals in 9-cat, thanks to basically playing in every ball game. Uh, but number 93 by averages this year. Just a little bit of a sinking in a few things. Not doing quite as much. Blocks are at 1.4, which is fine. He's kind of trending the wrong way, but whatever. I mean, that's a discussion for the offseason more than anything else. Dante DiVincenzo, he was fine. Milwaukee is uh, kind of a popular team starting on Thursday. But the problem, of course, is that there really isn't a streamer-type guy. If DiVincenzo is on the wire, he probably fits that mold, and that's kind of it. P.J. Tucker was back, so Bobby Portis uh, went back to being a part. That's about all he's worth when PJ's around. Those two guys are fighting for the same minutes. 
Charlotte's side, Cody Martin got another start, and he was good again. 10, 8, and 4 steals. A three ball, an assist. Did have three turns. I mean, tough to complain about that from a guy you're just sort of plug and play. Charlotte, this would have been a good thing to know at the beginning of their really good scheduling stretch, which, of course, ends tomorrow. Then they have two days off, and then they start another good scheduling stretch. But if you have a Hornet, you're probably dropping them after their game in Boston tomorrow night. Or, uh, excuse me, tonight. Get my days confused here when you record the show in the middle of the night. You guys know what I'm talking about. They play Boston tonight. That's their next ball game. And then things get goofy. Sorry, I get confused. I'm old. (laughs) Uh, Miles Bridges, he's really turned into something here. This is a guy that was hovering right on the edge of interesting for a really, like, two years. Gordon Hayward went down, LaMelo Ball went down, and it just opened everything up, and he started becoming the dunkmeister of the NBA, and he's just playing with confidence. I think he might actually just be good even when the other guys come back now. I, I Even a diminished role, it seems like he just feels something different in his bones. The Thunder snapped their losing streak against the Celtics of all teams. Jalen Brown, he tried to do it by himself. Well, he got some help from Peyton Pritchard. On the Thunder side, this is a five-game week, so really whatever you've got going is head-to-head only, I think. Lou Dort was a possibility for Roto, and this was okay. This was a decent enough line in Roto. He had a a free-throw shooting extravaganza. 24 points for Dort. When he plays, he's going to be a usage behemoth. He just he knows they're going to rest him a lot, and so when he gets out there, he just starts firing away. Go, 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 go. He and Darius Baisley kind of cut of the same cloth right now. Isaiah Roby seems like his stream is off to a fine start. Ty Jerome has been the surprise five-game week boon the first two days. We talked about him a little bit. I didn't have the faith to go that route, but he would have been available pretty much everywhere. Kenrich Williams has been fine. Moses Brown, we were out on, and he's actually been okay, but we were out on him. Poku's been fine. Maladon's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Baisley's been fine as well. Fairly predictable, other than the Ty Jerome stuff. On the Boston side, this is part of a back-to-back for them. They had four games from this game through the end of the week, and then their schedule gets really ugly after Sunday, which does influence me a little bit. Because I didn't, going into the game on Tuesday night, it wasn't really clear who was in and who was out for the Celtics. And that makes it a really hard decision if you're going to be trying to stream somebody. If you're looking at it from a head-to-head standpoint, you kind of missed your chance. I don't think that anybody on this team is good enough to warrant a three-game pickup unless Evan Fournier got dropped. He might actually be good enough for a three-game pickup. No one else, to me. And I don't like, I don't like it. I know Pritchard had a big ball game, but I don't like it. That it's, it's not reliable enough. On the Roto side, it's a little bit of an easier thing because you can wait and find out who's in and who's out. And then, you know, if you find out Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker are both out for another ball game, well, yeah, then you grab, for sure you grab Evan Fournier, and maybe you do even consider rolling out Pritchard in that one. But if either one of those guys comes back, and it sounds like Kemba's going to miss this back-to-back, so uh, that I guess that's less of a concern maybe Tatum's back I think if either one of those guys comes back then it pushes a few guys well below the cut line then you got Brown whoever of those two guys comes back smart 
probably Fournier, but not even necessarily a guarantee there. And I doubt Pritchard on the Roto side. Brooklyn, it took them a while to kind of wake up in this ballgame, but they got there, and then they ended up beating Toronto by 13. The Nets are just a special offensive team when they've got even two of their big three in there. Kevin Durant, 17 points, only took him seven shots to get there. He was really playing facilitator in this ballgame. So apparently was Mike James, who they've signed, and he's just playing minutes now because Bruce Brown's out. Might be back later this week. Can't really risk it in head-to-head. Kyrie Irving had a terrible ball game, and they still won because Uncle Jeff Green has been crazy good. Blake Griffin, who we did talk about on this show as kind of coming on of late, had another really nice ball game. 17-6-1, two steals, a block, two three-pointers, and efficient. Would I trust him in Roto? Probably not. Did I trust him in head-to-head? Yep, damn right I did. I picked him up in a spot for their four games the rest of this, or the rest of this week, if you include this one. And I thought for sure I was going to feel like an idiot by the end of that first game of his four. And no, I don't. It, it went well. On the Toronto side, turns out Gary Trent actually is hurt. Well, I don't know. Honestly, this one I don't know what you do with. I really don't. Because they're off tonight, and then they play three out of four to end the week. There is no one else you can pick up in the NBA that would have more than three games the rest of this week. So you almost have to wait until tomorrow, and if you find out midday that he's still out, then you probably flip him for one of a handful of teams that have three games Thursday through Sunday. Those teams are Brooklyn, Dallas, Houston, which maybe that'll be your avenue, Milwaukee, the Thunder, because they're a five-game week. We already talked about Toronto. That's who we're talking about right now, and that's it. So maybe that I think that's probably the move with Gary Trent. I don't think you're doing anything today, but you certainly are watching the news tomorrow. Meantime, Raptors starters are going right now. Kem Birch, Freddie Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi are all playing huge minutes. In terms of a five-game streamer, because Gary Trent is out, Malachi Flynn's been able to carve out pretty much all of the backup guard minutes at point or shooting guard, and he's been good enough. If he did this every game for a five-game week, it would be more than good enough. Not that dissimilar from the mellow line we just talked about. Will he? I don't know. I really don't know. If Trent comes back midweek, I would think that actually probably does take a few minutes away from Flynn. And maybe, I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe they don't play Van Fleet 42 minutes. But whatever, these guys got their rest, so I guess that was the plan. Don't look now, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are having fun. Sadly, it's way too late for it to matter. They're 19-44. and 44. Wins are actually a foolish endeavor at this point because suddenly now they are the third worst team in the NBA. They've gone 6-4 and four in their last 10 ballgames, including two wins over Utah in there. This one was less impressive. They took down the uh, John Wall-less... Houston Rockets, the Kelly Olynyk Monsters. And they did it with well-rounded play. Cat had a nice ball game. D'Lo and Anthony Edwards actually weren't that great. Certainly from an offensive standpoint, neither one of them was good at all. Anthony Edwards missed all three of his free throws. He shot 41%, which, by the way, only 41% because he dunked twice in the closing seconds. 
It was generally in the low 30s for most of the ballgame. D'Angelo Russell, 29% shooting in this ballgame. Wildly inefficient. How did they win it? It's not really clear. Jared Vanderbilt was pretty darn good off the bench. 8.7 boards, 3 steals, perfect 4 for 4 shooting. They got nice contributions from Juancho Hernan Gomez. That won't stick. And they just they got stops at the last moment when they needed it. Really, they just picked on the fact that Houston has about four guys that belong on an NBA roster right now. Sorry, Houston. That's just the way it is. Kelly Olynyk's been amazing. Jay Sean Tate's been amazing. Christian Wood's been amazing. And then it's a little bit of a toss-up. Is it going to be Kevin Porter Jr. coming out of protocols? No, he wasn't very good. Is it going to be K.J. Martin, who's been pretty good off the bench? Yeah, he was actually all right in this ballgame. Could it be Daniel House also working his way back? No, he was bad. So so Houston really has these three, sometimes four guys that you can rely on, but you just can't play those guys 48 minutes, much as they kind of tried to in this ballgame. Tate played 40. Boy, he's really turned into something good. Christian Wood, 24-18. and 18. He was inspired, man. You could see the Rockets really wanted this game. Wood seemed like he wanted to go at Towns. He did get Cat to foul out. But it wasn't enough. The streaking Minnesota Timberwolves. Why did I talk about this game from a reality perspective? Well, because the fantasy side is actually kind of boring. Ricky Rubio has disappeared now. The, the point guard job is D'Angelo Russell's. It feels like he might be starting in their next ballgame. They also said they're playing to win games down the stretch, so I think all the big guys are just going to be in there. Cut Rubio, play the three big ones, that's it. Houston side, Olenek, Tate, Wood, play him. Kevin Porter Jr., yeah, you play him, he'll be better in his next one, and there's no John Wall, so he's in. So you got four guys on the Houston side. House coming back kind of screwed up the, is it going to be Armani Brooks, Avery Bradley, DJ Wilson, Daniel House, or KJ Martin, and it was instead kind of, None of the above. E, none of the above. And then the last game on the docket was not compelling. Luka destroyed the Warriors nearly by himself. 39-6-8 for Luka, who was questionable with an elbow thing. Apparently, he's fine. Dorian Finney-Smith had another nice ball game, though. And then Trey Burke filling in for Josh Richardson. Are they better with Burke? No, probably not. Don't, don't get your panties in a bunch. Although his uh, his fantasy stat set actually for Burke has really evolved over the years. I'd rather Richardson misses the week, but I don't think he does. So I can't advocate a pickup because it probably turns into a bad one when Jay Rich comes back. I would think tomorrow. Warriors have a three-game week, and, you know, at least the main key guys were okay. Steph was decent. Wiggins was okay, didn't shoot the ball well. Draymond took one shot in 29 minutes, had 11 boards, three assists, three steals, and two blocks. And I probably need to be a little bit more aggressive than that, a little. Michael Mulder got another start at shooting guard, had 26 points. I guess he's the guy they're going to roll with there. And then Kevon Looney, who had kind of been a rebounding specialist. You knew this wasn't going to be a good matchup for him because Dallas was without Kristaps Porzingis they were going to mix and match a little bit, and they do it centered. Dwight Powell played 18 minutes. Boban got ejected in four minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein got 23, and the Warriors got blown out. So really, if you had a Warrior that had an okay ball game, just count it as escaping 
and move on from there. And that's it for yesterday. It really wasn't a particularly compelling fantasy night. Pretty good-sized Wednesday on the docket. Ten-game card as we turn our attention to what's coming. But as I've said before, this time of year, the look-ahead is actually way less important. You've made your moves. Pretty much everything you're doing is based on schedule analysis. So we're not rest-of-season value hunting. But what I will do here is, once again, we'll kind of lightning round our way through the look-ahead just with kind of the key injuries you're watching for leading up to tip. Orlando Cleveland, Colin Sexton is the one you're watching for. If he doesn't play, Jetty Osmond has actually been very good. He's a guy you could plug in there. And again, it's not a move I'm making in head-to-head because I think Sexton comes back soon, maybe even in this ballgame, and that ruins the Osmond stuff. But if you're in Roto, which I would advocate staunchly, think about it, guys. You wouldn't be dealing with them. whether or not your team can actually survive this stuff. If you're in Roto and you're not worried about moves limits and things like that, he's a guy that's worth picking up, and then you just bench him, drop him, don't use him tonight if Sexton's back. For Orlando, it sounds like most of the main guys are in. uh, When I say main guys, I mean like a Wendell Carter Jr. in on a minutes restriction, Bamba probably in. Chumo Kiki, maybe he's starting to pull out of that shooting slump. Still wondering if Terrence Ross ever gets back in the rest of the way. Or would it even matter? For Atlanta, we got a mildly promising injury report. The guys are not back for this ballgame. Kevin Herter's shoulder is likely to keep him out of this one. Trey Young was ruled out early. But it sounds like the Hawks are hoping that maybe they get Trey by the weekend. Could he be back for the other game with Philadelphia? We don't know. That would be Friday. They go Friday and Saturday. Maybe you get him for two this week. I would say you probably just look for one. The other guy I want everybody to keep watch for is Zach Levine. What if he magically resurfaces? We just don't know. Would he even have any energy? We don't know how badly he got hit. Oh, Zach. I I won't forgive you for this, man. Ugh. Not going to get into the personal choice stuff, but Zach Levine kind of ruining my fantasy team. We know the rest of his team got vaccinated because Thad Young made a joke about how he's the only guy on the Bulls who had the shot in his right arm because he's a lefty. Zachary. Whatever, that's the next ball game, I guess. Uh, so in the meantime, for Atlanta... Oh, by the way, it sounds like Brandon Goodwin is actually questionable. That's very surprising considering he was taken off the court in a wheelchair after his injury in the last ballgame. So I'd be awfully surprised if he played in this one. And if he does, well, color me whatever red, I guess, in the face because I dropped him in a head-to-head league even though he's he was one of the streamer guys we targeted. You just can't take zeros, and it sure seemed like he was going to miss a decent amount of time. Maybe I got ahead of myself. Little did I know I would have to use all of my moves on injured players, and that was before Tuesday. Philly, I don't think there's really, I don't think there's anything here, so let's keep going. Chicago, we already talked about Chicago. Zach Levine is your question point there. Uh, Daniel Tice has played okay lately, and they do have three, uh, excuse me, three games in the next four days, but their schedule is a little bit weird after that. They do have four games next week, but they're kind of spaced out. So Chicago, you're mostly hunting on the roto side at this point, and there's nothing 
There's nothing there. I think you can go Thad still. His minutes trended up in that last ball game. Vooch, Kobe White, those are the guys. Daniel Tice, sorry. I know he had a big ball game, but I don't trust it. The Knicks, also really a roto-only situation. They don't play again after today until Sunday. So that is not a team you're looking at on the head-to-head side. But Derrick Rose has been really good lately, so that finally turned the corner. How long did that take after he came back? A month? About a month for him to get his wind back. That's a pretty good recovery, man. It's quicker than some of these other guys got back to near-typical production. Good for Derek, I guess. Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel, those are the other guys I think you can start on the Roto side. And then uh, R.J. Barrett gets the nod in points leagues. Oh, and, and Reggie Bullock. Sorry, I've been hyping him up for weeks, and I almost forgot about him. Charlotte, same stuff as yesterday. Boston, watch the injury report on Tatum. He's the questionable one, as is the Time Lord, by the way. Sounds like he might be back for this ballgame. Lakers, Anthony Davis, minutes slowly increasing. They get a Wizards team that is positively streaking right now. Man, I know the Lakers can play some defense, but I don't I don't know if they have the horses to keep up with Washington unless AD really shakes off the rust like completely in this ball game. Wizards should uh, should put up some numbers. Lakers, I, I guess, you know, the, the question now comes down to pace. Does this thing slow down a little bit? Lakers had a pretty good way of dealing with Russ in the playoffs last year. Is that how they implement it? We'll see. We'll see. Lakers are a pretty ugly fantasy team. Schroeder, AD, maybe Drummond. That's about all you got with Washington. You, we, you missed the start of their five and seven this is the middle pocket and then they've got a back-to-back friday saturday so you're not doing a whole lot there although if you want to pick up the wizards on friday i could get behind that because they go friday saturday and they play three of the first four days next week so that's actually the start of another five and seven for them wizards are going to get a little bit gassed by the end of all this stuff san antonio um you know derek white is missing some time it seems like he probably will you might have uh, Patty Mills stuff. Blah. No thanks. No thank you. I'll I'll, I'll kindly pass on that one. Uh, Miami, they also don't play again after today until Saturday. They go back-to-back over the weekend, so they're, they're really more of a roto team at this point. If Kendrick Nunn is out, well, we don't really know. There's a whole lot of questionable guys on this team, so you kind of have to wait and see a little bit. Portland, we already talked about them. They started their 5-7 and seven yesterday, so the fun uh, is has already begun. You could probably leave them alone outside for head-to-head stuff. Memphis, this is the middle game of their 5-7, and seven, but again, they're another team that goes basically as frequently as you can between now and the end of the year. If you didn't pick up Grizzlies before, you have plenty of chances. You can pick them up on Friday. They go back-to-back with Orlando. Starting on Friday through to the end of the regular season, That's 17 days between Friday and the end of the regular season. They have 11 games in 17 days. That's a ton of basketball if your season goes to the very end. If you don't have the five-game last week, yeah, that takes a little bit of the shine off. And it's, what, six games over nine days? Am I getting that right? Yeah, that's still pretty good. Six over nine, that's not bad. But it's not blow you away crazy like whatever the hell I said before, 11 and, 11 and 17. <laughs> That's, that is chunky. That is chunky. 
And Memphis will have some streamers, too. If you're into the long streaming thing, which I hope you are at this point. And, and by the way, the number of injuries we've seen is just a massive, massive reason to long stream. That's because you're using one move per streaming slot per week. That leaves you other moves to deal with all the other stuff. I've been long streaming, and I still got screwed by injuries. But just think, if I had planned to use a bunch of moves on back-to-backs and things like that, I'd be riding with two or three injured guys right now instead of, I think, one. Long stream. Anyway, we don't have to do anything with Memphis right now because this is the middle. This is the sandwich game. We'll, we'll prep for them a little better before Friday. Nolens, the Pels, they looked better in their last ball game. They got a back-to-back here against Denver and Oklahoma City. Mm, this is the last shot, man. Pels are hanging on by a thread. They're the 11 seed, three and a half games back of the Warriors. If they don't rattle off three or four wins in a row, it's done. And maybe that's what you saw against the Clippers. I think the Clippers just were having a little having a little too much fun, even if it's in the hotel down in New Orleans. But who knows? Maybe a healthy Lonzo Ball makes a difference for them. Maybe, maybe Zion and, and Ingram were also kind of getting right. Meh. Najee Marshall's the guy we're watching in case anybody starts to get turned off for this team, but I don't expect that to happen in this ballgame, so who the hell cares? Denver side, you're already streaming everybody we talked about there, so, you know, whatever. Nuggets, this is their front end of a back-to-back that finishes off their 5-7 and seven game. So after this one is uh, one tomorrow, they play Toronto, and then it's move on from Denver after that in head-to-head. That's when you should grab somebody that starts a better part of their schedule on Friday. Which I think is, what, we just talked about Memphis, that's one of them. That was the other one we were talking about. Washington was the other one on Friday. Starts at 5-7 and seven if you want to go the long stream route. Utah, who cares? Sacramento, I want to see DeLon Wright play a little bit more. I know what the hell happened in that last one. Harrison Barnes hurt himself in their last ball game. I'd be pretty surprised if he tried to play through an oblique thing when you consider the fact that the Kings are actually two games back of the Pelicans. So they are not mathematically eliminated, but basically mathematically eliminated. The Kings aren't making it. Maybe they want to leave a better taste in their mouths. I can understand that. And it's not like they can tank their way to the bottom at this point. It's too late for that because they actually won a handful of games before that brutal stretch through most of March and April. So who the hell plays? We'll see, I guess. Maybe more Mo Harkless. Do we see more DeLon Wright, more Terrence Davis? It's unclear. I still think DeLon's going to have a decent week. I, I guess the competition here with Utah is not my favorite, but... There's some stuff. I, yeah, I would use him in a Roto League, by the way. I'm, I'm confident enough in, in DeLon Wright. I think he'll play three, 23, 24 minutes, or maybe he even clears that number if we get lucky, if Barnes is out. Uh, yeah, I, I would use him in Roto. And then the Clippers are in Phoenix. We'll see if their loss in New Orleans wakes him up a little bit. Clippers-Suns, you'd think it should be a good ball game, but I'd, I don't know. Weird things happen towards the end of the year. I guess that's more of a betting thing than a fantasy thing. Clipper side, still no sign of Kawhi Leonard. So you can continue to use Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. Those guys get big usage bump. Paul George did tweak something in that game in, in New Orleans. So maybe he sits out, in which case those other guys get a big lift. 
And then the Clippers don't really play for a while after that. They get two days off, and they got Denver just one game the rest of the week after this one. Not a good scheduling spot. Phoenix, uh, it really comes down to whether or not Jay Crowder's playing. That's kind of it. If he is, cool. That solves the power forward thing. If he's not, maybe it's Torrey Craig, maybe it's Cameron Johnson. We don't know. Don't play either of them because it's a coin flip. And there you go. Streaming fun continues here as we wind things down. Check your Roto League standings every day. Look at every category. What are you close in? What are you not close in? Make sure you're looking at games played. Make sure you use up all of your games played. Don't leave it on the table. What if you what if you lost something by like four rebounds because you didn't use up all of your games? You, know, you could have played almost anyone and you would have passed a guy. Or gal. Use your games. Check them. Make sure you're not falling too far behind. This is your last chance to do it. I mean, we're at two and a half weeks now to the end of the regular season. All right, that's it. I didn't even inundate you with advertisements today. You're welcome. And because I didn't, you should go to the places I always tell you about, manscaped.com and mybookie.ag. You should do it. Do it for me. And then follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Hello, by the way, if anybody new is listening today. It's a pleasure to have you. I doubt it, but you never know. Have a great Wednesday, folks. Back at you Thursday. We'll break down the results of this Wednesday card, see if anything jumped out at us as interesting. Or no, someone's going to get hurt in a 10-game card. Deal with that when it comes. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.